What's up, guys? This is Fear the Father, where I talk about God in hopes of empowering young men in Christ. My name is Tanner, and I'm here with the guys from the 43 Project. And this week, we're going to be talking about times of crisis. I just wanted to speak on this. I've had almost every pastor in my life or person of Christ in my life try to speak into uh, this coronavirus. And so I've just kind of been listening and hearing what they've had to say. And I just wanted to share kind of their thoughts on things and, and my own thoughts on things to put everybody at rest or just give them some confidence in this time of, of despair and anxiety and uh, remind everyone that God's got a plan and Although it may not seem like it, he's going to turn this into a positive somehow. I don't I don't know how. I'm not God. I don't try to say that I am or think that I understand all that he does, but he's got a plan and he's a, he's a smart God and a loving God and he's going to do something about this and we're going to see some great changes I think in life moving forward here, but at the end it's it's going to be able to glorify God. And I think even more importantly than that, as believers right now, we have an opportunity to witness to people and to show them the strength and the courage that we get by having a relationship in God and what that, what that looks like to be a God follower and a believer and how we can maintain the joy that he's given us in life and uh, continue to share that with the world and be a light to those who are lost and worried and living in fear. I want to start off by sharing something that I just think that points out like how how much the Bible knew what was going on and how much like even though this book was written 2000 years ago the people that were writing it were truly inspired by God and uh this is just a crazy coincidence I actually saw it on Facebook I'll be honest on social media but I had to share it with you guys because it kind of blew my mind and it just actually made me at rest even though it sounds dark and kind of despairing, it made me realize that the Bible knew what was going to be happening, maybe not specifically to this, but it was speaking into things years and years and years ago. And, uh, and it just serves as a reminder that God has a plan and God's will will be done. And we don't have to lose hope or panic or get worried about these things. So in second Chronicles seven, 13 through 14, it says, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So what I thought was so encouraging about this was God saying that, you know, if we remain steadfast in him and we remain uh, confident in his ability to heal us and to protect us, he will do just that. He will heal our lands and he will protect us and watch out for us. And I think the other thing that's crazy about this is the beginning. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, I think of Australia, right? They just got done like having almost their entire island burnt up. That was horrible. And that was all over the media. And that like just got done. Then the next part, or command locusts to devour the land. I didn't really read a lot into this, but I heard 
and did a little little bit of research that the locust season in Africa this year was really really bad and that they had way more locusts than normal and it ate a lot of crops and was really a, had a negative impact on that continent and then obviously the last thing that it says there or send a plague among my people we're obviously kind of going through that right now i'm only 26 now but this has been the craziest time in america in my lifetime for sure and we've already lived through some wild times and I never thought that I would see the restrictions and the travel bans and the laws that are being passed by the government right now to just kind of keep us in check and help us get through this time. Um, and yeah, I just think that it's wild that the Bible was talking about that and those things were are applicable now 2000 years later. And I think that the second half of that, as I said, is that, you know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. That's just a blatant call to us as believers to remember that God is there for us and to call on him and let his strength and power heal us and forgive us and guide us through these times. And um, I think that w kind of a way that we can use this to benefit God or we can glorify God is by finding joy in this time of trial and tribulation and and remain joyful, that Holy Spirit joy, that gift, gift from God kind of joy that Christians have where people will see you or feel your presence almost when you're in public or just interacting in friend groups. I feel like people ask all the time, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, why you're so different or what you're doing differently or why you're acting in in speaking the way that you're speaking. And I think that in times of turmoil like this, especially when the whole nation and whole world is encountering it, this is a time where we can remain happy and full of joy and spread God's light to people. Paul spoke about this in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 11. Paul lived probably like one of the gnarliest lives. He had it really, really bad. And I'm just going to read like the second half of this part because it's pretty long, he gives like a laundry list of all the negative things that have happened to him. And this dude is like, it's amazing that he lived as long as he did. He was whipped, he was stoned, he was shipwrecked, blah, blah, blah. He had all these things going on, and yet he still remained joyful and still tried to serve God's purpose. And I just think he's a shining example of what we should be doing right now. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, I have labored and toiled and have gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who, who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. And right there at the end, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. So Paul's like saying straight up, I don't really care about the good times. I'm happy when they're there, but most importantly to me are those times when I'm tried and I come up short and I'm not strong enough to get through them on my own because it forces me to turn to God and to give all of my weakness to God so that he can fill me up and I can praise him and elevate his name in my weakness. I think of a quote that I heard, I think it was Charles Spurgeon back in the day, like the 1800s or whatever, said, God will never ask us for our strength because God is strong. God will ask us for our weakness because he has none. And that's exactly what Paul is doing. You know, he's saying, I live for those times when I'm not strong enough to, to climb that mountain on my own or to survive what I'm going through because it, it forces me to give my life to God and to say, hey, man, I need you to pick me up. Show me your strength. Show me your power. You Use me 
and just and lift me up so that I, in return, can praise your name and give you the glory. And I think that that's exactly what we have going on right now with this coronavirus thing. None of us have the ability to cure this thing. None of us have the ability to guarantee our safety or the safety of all of our loved ones or anything like that. None of us know the outcome. But instead of panicking and freaking out, we can give all of that uncertainty and all of that worry and anxiety to God and let him resolve it and let him come up with the solution as he promises to and focus just on being joyful and happy in the situation and spreading his word to those who we see that are panicking, that are full of anxiety, that are suffering so badly. Uh, We can just witness to them by how we carry ourselves during this time. Uh, And this is like, one of the most quoted Bible verses of all times, but it's so true now. I think I've already talked about it in one of my other podcasts, but in Philippians chapter 4, 6 through 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which trans all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And it doesn't get more straightforward than that. Like, don't be anxious about this, man. This is one of those situations where we have to pray. We have to be giving it up to God. And most importantly, we have to do it with thanksgiving. Like I said, this is a trying time for everyone. We all have something that we could be sad about, or we can think like Paul and say, God, thank you so much for this opportunity to just surrender myself to you, Lord, and to have your will be done in my life because I don't have any control of this situation and worrying about it isn't going to do me any good. I would rather just lift up your name and give glory to your name and, and witness to those around me who need it, right? I'm not strong enough to get through this on my own, so I'm not going to try. I'm just going to let your strength fill me up and empower those around me so that they can get through it too. And I think that we could see a huge amount of people come to God in a time like this. If we're all out there in our friend groups with our families, you know, if we're praying and we're and we're coming to these situations, these social gatherings of 10 or less, you know, as it is right now, uh, and we're joyful still and we're still praising God, people are going to question why we're doing that, right? There's It seems like there's nothing to be happy about right now at this time as I can't even, like, go out and sit down and have dinner. That's whack. Like, I can't even go out and have dinner in America. It's crazy that I got to go through the drive through or get pickup. And that's just such a small thing. That's such a 21st century, you know, first world issue. But it's just like, yeah, with all of these things going on, with all of these creature comforts that we're used to stripped away from us, we've got so much that we can be upset about and so much that we can be worrying about when we really should be just giving it up to God and praising his name and using this time to grow closer to him and witness to others. Um, in Romans eight eighteen, it says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing the glory that is to be revealed to us. And the reason why I say that is like, even though we are going through these tough times, like what is the situation right now compared to the opportunity to spend eternity with God? It's nothing, right? We're talking about this will be gone in six months, I bet. Don't quote me on that, but I guarantee you, 2021 won't be rung in with the coronavirus zombies attacking the world or whatever, or us still trying to find a way to control this disease. We're going to get a handle on it. It's going to get wrapped up. And that's one year of our lives. You know, people live to be 80 
years on average, I would say. I don't know off the top of my head, but still, that's one 80th of your entire life that the coronavirus was even a part of it or you had to think about it. And, and then we're talking about what is that in comparison to eternity, literally forever. You know, 80 years isn't even a day compared to eternity. It's non-existent. It's nothing. It literally does not matter. So just don't get too caught up in this one time right now, this one small trying time that we're facing. And just remember that we have the opportunity to glorify God. And the end goal is spend an eternity with him in heaven. And we can't lose sight of that. We can't live in fear. We can't give up on God right now. We have to just cling to him and get stronger in him and realize that the end goal is forever with him. And the last thing is that I want to talk about is just kind of a command or just a reminder of things that we should be doing right now. And this applies to this situation and it applies to every time of crisis that you're facing, no matter what it is. And it just is a blanket statement for everything that I just talked about, I would say. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. In a time where, like I said, we have so much to be worrying about on earth, there are so many things in our physical world right here, right now around us to be worrying about. We just have to remember that that can't be where our focus is at. Our focus has got to be on heaven. It's got to be on a relationship with God. It's got to be on eternity and glorifying him and living the life that he wants us to live so that we can get to heaven with him. And I think that if we keep that in mind and we continue to strive to build our relationship with him and we continue to work towards spending eternity with him, it really puts all of what's going on in perspective. I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but in the grand scheme of eternity, this really is nothing. You know, it is it is a huge effect on the people that we love and that we care about. But if you're certain that your relationship with God is sound and you're going to be spending the rest of your life in heaven, this is just a blip on the radar. This will be this will have come and gone in the blink of an eye. And God has a plan for it all, as I said, and his will will be done no matter what. And good is going to come of this. We will get through this. And uh, yeah, we'll overcome it. It's not it's not going to be the end of the world. It's not going to be the end of existence. You know, no matter what, even if the earth exploded and everybody did die from the coronavirus, you're still going to go to heaven if your relationship is right with God and you're still going to have eternity with him. Coronavirus is not going to rob you of eternity with God. I can promise you that. All right, guys, I just want to say thanks for listening. I know that one was a little bit of doom and gloom, but I appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully it makes you just think about the situation in a different way shed some light on the situation i just want to challenge you guys to go out and be a light to others you know to your friends that are believers to your friends that are non-believers family members co-workers whoever you're still interacting with as we're isolating ourselves just continue to pump out that joy that god is putting in your heart and in your life and be a light for them and let's bring some more people to christ this is such a good opportunity for that so let's just keep striving to do that if you feel like this message spoke to you today or you feel like somebody in your life could hear this and it would have a great impact on them and help them deal with the current situation, please just continue to share it and subscribe and hit us with a five-star rating. We'll be here.